0: Grand Rising, and welcome to this episode of the Ascension Medicine Podcast. Today, we are joined by soul sister of mine, fellow Londoner, absolute powerhouse of a woman and human being, two times published author, whose latest book, Quieten the Mind, has literally just been released with the Gemini New Moon, June the 18th. I would definitely recommend you go and get yourself a copy of that. She is a meditation facilitator and is also specializing in somatic meditation at this moment, self-taught astrologer and events facilitator. So welcoming here today, my dear friend, Gabriella Weeks,
1: welcome. Thank you, G. Lovely to be here and feeling those Mexican vibes through the airways. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. We just actually
0: realized that we were both here in the same city at the same time, only in December. We didn't quite meet.
1: No, I was on a mission to get to the beach and literally face plant in the sea. (laughs) So, totally miss the thought of who was in Mexico at that time yeah but yeah. Um, now I know for next time
0: I'm yeah I will meet there, you at there. the
1: beach so yeah <laughs> so <laughs> I would love where, that
0: where are you joining us from today?
1: I'm joining you from sunny London it's the evening here it sounds like it's morning for you there so uh, closing out a day in London it's been super um, you know like heat time in london i love london in the summer it's like one of the best cities i think in the world everyone is super joyful it's like everyone turns up their happiness i think in the summer and we make the most of it for sure so it's a nice time to be in the city even if it does get a little bit hot and sweaty
0: (laughs) yeah i i miss london in the summer i would say that it completely transforms into a whole nother dimension where there is everyone from every culture and background. It's almost like the embodiment of unity consciousness as a city. And you can just see every reflection and the happiness of people because it's not raining (laughs) and it's not cold and (laughs) grey.
1: Yeah, that's it. I think as a nation, especially those who live in London, like we do make the most of the sun and I've always said I'm a child of the sun and I think part of my heritage is from Latin America so kind of like where you are right now and I've always felt a bit like dampened being from London. Like a bit of that sunshine is always put out a little bit in the winter months and so me going to Mexico last year was really much about me connecting with that ancestry and connecting back to the, the more warmer parts of my lineage and despite it being winter and I honour the death and rebirth cycles of winter and I think it's very important some years to root down and in, there was also winter represents for me very much about the ancestors and then so for me to go out there is to connect to that winter time on a different part of my mother's lineage. So. Yeah, I did feel like there was a a real, how will I say, like a rooting into the earth when I was there, which was really beautiful to do after however many years of not going international travel. I'd done Europe since, like, everything got shut down, but I hadn't gone international, so it was a big step for me, and I have a big traveller spirit, so it was lovely to kind of kindle that fire again of, like, how much I love travel.
0: Absolutely. It was... Um... When you were mentioning the cycles, the seasons and winter and that death. So for me now, I have been, I have been without a winter, as you may, for like a year and a half. But even within that, I have definitely had a period of, of death within, within that. So even without the, the external, winter shutting down of everything, I did feel that happening within me. And also, we do have a, a dry season, which is a bit like winter in the, the leaves go brown, and it's not so green. It almost feels quite autumnal in that sense. So I, I tuned into it with the sunny blue skies still.
1: and I think that's really apt you know because I think nature will find a way to keep us in the rhythm of the cycles and obviously being in the northern hemisphere in Europe we have those extreme seasons those four seasons are quite distinct even though I think that's slightly changing because it seems like all the seasons are kind of shifting at the moment but um you know you go to nearer to the equator there's less so of those obvious seasons and yet if we look at the cultures around those places a lot of shamanic traditions they honor the seasons the four seasons and so yeah winter is is a big part of of that wheel the medicine wheel yeah Yeah,
0: exactly makes space for the spring and for the the rebirth without the death process we're just
1: adding more yeah that's really interesting that you bring that up because I notice a pattern. Certainly, when I've run menstruation circles in the past, um, some women really describe that springtime within their cycle, which is post menstruation. Mm. So, it's that phase where you're supposed to feel like your energy just springs back to life, like a new shoot or spring. You feel energized. It, it can be what I describe as quite the masculine phase within our cycle because mm. it's like go, 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 full power, energy back. But a lot of women, if they're not honoring that bleed or that winter, which I think normal society doesn't really Mm -hmm. honor it. There's no places for that right now. It's just simply operate as normal. But if we're not honoring that time, then that spring is kind of dulled a bit or it's heavier. It's like, oh, it's a little bit longer to get started. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women say that it's like, oh, that tiredness feeds into you know a week after my period or even two weeks after my period so it starts a bit slower and later
0: yeah you mentioned the menstruation work that you do with women I didn't know that yeah we didn't actually talk about that (laughs) interested to know how that it actually
1: it really came about intuitively which I think probably the best things come in that space and it was I think during one of the lockdowns a few years ago and following my own journey with kind of the feminine and my own hormonal journey after coming off the contraceptive pill I felt called to gather with women at the time of our bleed and really create a space to hold space and for women to simply share like what's alive for you right now and like what's your relationship like with your womb and your periods and um what was interesting i noticed that for a lot of women they've inherited or they've developed a lot of shame around that and their first period called the menarche mm-hmm. there was a lot of shame around that and I think a lot of women experience pain and discomfort and they consider their periods to be a nuisance or mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of... A curse
0: almost. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's a lot of disconnect in actually this is something so beautiful mm-hmm. um, that connects us to our innate feminine wisdom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, by creating those spaces, I realised that actually a lot of women have gone through the same thing. And sometimes being able to share something can be... Um, enough for a woman to feel like okay like I'm not alone in this my voice is heard my experiences are valid and um, we're in this together yeah and also educating a little bit about what I'd learned because I went on a bit of a deep dive learning about the seasons that we talked about Mm -hmm. and how we can best operate as women at different times of our cycles and a lot of us aren't exposed to this information and actually it can really help us know like Right now I'm in my premenstruation phase and, you know, emotions come up at this time and there can be anger that comes up. And actually this phase a lot of women don't realize is a very creative phase. So it can be, the anger can be a result of not using that creative energy. So there's an element of frustration that builds up in the body of just like, I need to use this energy. And so when we realize this, it's like, okay. Maybe I can put pen to paper and write something. Maybe I can move with this energy. Mm. Maybe I can go for an exercise workout, you know, and and channel it. Clean the house even, like, whatever it is, it's like, use that energy. Don't let it build up and, like, Mm. boil up inside, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I often find that I, I bleed with my sisters. If I'm in close proximity to other women, we will just pull each other's cycles in, And so oftentimes, recently, my last cycle, we were bleeding, three of us, together. And it felt as though to be together in that bleed brings to mind the idea of these bleed huts that I know exist in some African cultures, where when the women in the village are bleeding, they go and be together in in a hut, and do that together. And as you were describing your menstrual groups, this image came to my mind. Similar yeah. to
1: like the red tents, you know, the yeah, red exactly. tents of old where women would depart the village and go together into this tent, and then they would cook for each other and tell stories and have time away from the men. And it's an opportunity to really dive into what it is to be feminine and, and to to really own that experience. And I think this is probably something that was so normal in so many different cultures. And it's beautiful to hear. I didn't know about the uh, the bleeding hearts. I haven't heard that before. So that cultures, is, you know, are still in tune with that. And I think maybe subconsciously there was a desire on my part to bring, bring some of that back and bring... Um, I guess, a bit of a community together at a time when um, in the the West, there's not a space, there's not a place or a time to honour that. And, um, yeah, that was the intention, I think.
0: Yeah, it's very, very needed, these spaces. Okay, so also, I really just wanted to, I wanted to talk about your new book, Firstly, congratulations on the release of that. And it is your second book. Um, Remind me again the name of your first book.
1: The first book is called uh, The Stars Align, and that was a guide all on astrology. So astrology is something I taught myself since the age of nine. And um, yeah, I really connect with the stars. And I think it's kind of an infinite science in a way that you can dive deeper and deeper and deeper and it's helped me as a tool to understand people Mm. and to connect the dots and see patterns with everyone i've met along the way and also to realize that actually a lot of what we experience in life feels sometimes like a program when I see similarities with different people and sometimes those programs can be hard and challenging and our astrology chart can give us clues or indicate that there could be things that might be challenges but then actually by having that information we're able to navigate them with more ease or maybe maybe able to even transcend them with the information exactly. so yeah. yeah I think astrology isn't necessarily well, the Vedic way is kind of saying, this is what's going to happen to you and this is your fate. And I, I, I've read some really triggering things in my own chart and I think actually, well, no, this isn't a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I have this information so I can always, out of free will, choose the high road because we've always got free will and we always have the sovereign choice to go this way or this way. And I think... Mm-hmm. Through the things i had done in my past, where I took a road that maybe didn't lead me to um, anywhere good, i.e. the road of pain and suffering, um, through that experience, I realized, well, I always had the choice. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So you have a little bit of information and you'll use that and run with it. So, for example the type of partners I was attracted to and who I really thought was a good match, I didn't have all the information at the time. Whereas now, looking back, I go, well, no wonder this was a really challenging relationship because actually we had something in our sinistry that was really, really showing me that it was going to be about death, rebirth transformation um, which you know that's what I obviously chose to experience and I think that's what I'm passionate about is helping other people guide them through some of the more stickier um, things in their chart so they can move past them integrate the lessons and also create something new and different for themselves yeah so stars align was kind of a culmination of all those years of study um, breaking it down quite simply across things like the planets the actual star signs, the houses in our chart, and some of the outer asteroids and things like that which a lot of people don't really study but they can be really significant such as the nodes of the moon, for example. Um, the original copy was really illustrative and beautiful but I am re-releasing it on Amazon soon so that will be um, a little bit more simplified because Kindle doesn't allow too much creativity, I have to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. What are your major three then?
1: Major three, as in ascendant, uh, sun and, and moon? moon. Okay, so uh, can you guess what my ascendant is, G? I, so I do,
0: I do know your sun, but now I've forgotten it because I'm like, it's Aries, right? Or Sagittarius. It's what my sun. Yeah,
1: Aries. Or, Aries, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And Sag-, <laughs> Sag-, Sag, Sag, You're right. Sag is my ascendant. Aha. Uh-huh. And
0: the moon so was, was I ha- it Pisces.
1: Good memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good memory. I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Mm. I don't remember yours though, G. I remember mm. you're a Sag.
0: Yeah. Sag Sun, Taurus Moon.
1: Taurus Moon. Mm. And
0: Scorpio rising.
1: Scorpio rising (laughs) I actually have quite
0: heavy Scorpio Scorpio placements in my chart
1: do you how many planets do you have in Scorpio
0: this is something I should know right I want to say something like four
1: okay quite a lot so I have I have how many planets I have three planets Mm. so anything above three three and above is called a stellium so it's quite significant in astrology because it's showing you that there's big themes around that star sign so Mm -hmm. if you have four then definitely there's scorpionic themes which are about transformation oh yeah death rebirth (laughs) um every other day yeah And you know, a lot of people in our generation are born with Pluto in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And so we are as a generation transmuting a lot of the heavier stuff for the collective, I think, mm-hmm. because um, yeah, there's themes, you know, around sex, drugs, patterns of addiction, all these kind of things can come up in a lot of our mm-hmm. lifetimes, um, addiction, abuse, things like this. Yeah, all yeah, of it. All, all of those it. things. <laughs> Yeah, and basically, as a generation, we've like chosen that, which mm-hmm. you know, we're obviously tough souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so now your um your new book, yes, quiet in the mind,
1: quiet the mind, yes, quiet and so practical quiet- and.
0: So my, my English, I'm forgetting how to speak.
1: You've got Spanglish now. I'm I so... love it. quite, <laughs> quiet, quiet, so quiet the mind. Quiet the mind, yes. Yeah. So practical and easy steps to find peace and tranquility. It's mm-hmm. like a beginner's guide to meditation in essence.
0: And how did this, um, what was the inspiration for this book? How did it come about?
1: So... It's funny, things kind of happen in nine-year cycles, I think, because I started learning astrology at the age of nine, and meditation, my meditation journey, what year are we in, 2023, has been nine years long. And in that nine years, I like to think of myself as going on what um, Joseph Campbell calls a hero's journey, obviously a heroine's journey. And I basically deep dive into many of these different subjects. In 2018, I went pretty pretty deep into it almost like abstaining from my old life um which i think was maybe a reconnection to some sort of past life thing because i kind of became a monk living in london and so i took things to the extremes and i learned how not to do things by doing the extremes that's how i seem to have learned along my way is like taking things to extremes on both ends of the spectrum and so what i realized is that okay I have kind of summarized for myself what techniques have worked for me and I tried so many things from so many different traditions and thought I'd bring that together, all the lessons, all the experiences, all the highs, all the lows, and put it together in a guide for people, whether they are complete beginners to meditation, because actually there's so many people that are still at the beginning stage of that journey and I'm a real advocate for it because it's totally changed my life and is something that ultimately when you learn it it's a tool in your toolbox it's completely free pretty much anyone who's alive can meditate if you're breathing you've got consciousness you can meditate and so I really believe that actually it can be such a massive tool for people whether they're struggling with mental health or actually children to have and learn from a young age is something that would be invaluable for them through life. Um, Yeah, so I picked out kind of in summary about four different techniques that have worked quite well for me and listed them out given introductions of kind of setting the scene of like what do you need to know when you first start meditating okay like posture clothing um the environment um what you need to be aware of like how the mind's going to play tricks on you that's all normal that's all fine and like doing away with this perfectionist attitude and really just becoming curious about your own individual journey, because I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is like meditation ultimately is about you and your own journey with it. And so it's called a practice for a reason. Um, What I might like, you might not like, and what the other person likes might not work for the other person. And so getting curious and trying things out. And so that's why I've summarized four different things in there for people to give it a go. And, um, yeah, I hope that people uh, enjoy it and it was a pleasure to write it. And, yeah, I just always find that meditation is the thing I keep coming back to as a thing that I'm sort of being called to share. It's kind of how I fell into meditation. People were always saying, oh, I love your voice. And so it's something that I get a lot of enjoyment about sharing and Yeah, this book is a piece of that, of just being able to be generous with what I've learned in the hope that it can help someone else. Beautiful. And where can people find this book? So at the moment, it's available on Amazon. It's available in multiple markets. So wherever you are in the world, whether in Mexico, the US, Europe, you're probably going to find it in your local Amazon store. So I think if you type in Quiet The Mind, Gabriella Weeks, you'll be able to find it there. It's in paperback and also Kindle edition. Um, I'm looking at how I can maybe roll it out in the UK in certain bookstores and things. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's a labor of love. My father helped me with it. He's a writer. To ingest and was able to help me edit the manuscript, and mm-hmm. so so much gratitude to Papa Weeks for helping me with that. And um, yeah, I think in a way, my whole life I've been fascinated with books. Um, a friend of mine asked me recently, "What's your favourite possession?" And I said, "I think it's actually my books." and it's, it's funny when you think about it, because for some people, books probably have no meaning. But for me, they've always taken me to a different world or have taught me things about this world. And I've always been quite curious and wanting to learn. And so books have provided me with so much, whilst also being aware that we can get caught in our intellectual space. I think that is something that is authentic for me to want to um challenge the mind, develop the mind, learn more about people who come before me or have things to share so it's kind of nice that now I'm able to do the same maybe for future generations down the line as well.
0: Yeah I, I definitely am an advocate also for meditation. I feel as though and not only just the seated meditation but the movement meditations and different ways in which we can meditate so some people they paint and some people do a walking meditation and there are many many ways do you um do you explore other ways i know you are a a movement meditation facilitator also are there other ways in which you
1: you work with work with meditation yes so some other ways that have really resonated with me has been one of the ways has been mantra and using mantra as a tool for sharpening the focus um there's multiple different kind of techniques i've learned over the years so one is bija meditation which is you're kind of gifted or given a mantra um, and it's a secret mantra that you don't share with anyone else and that's something you can recite for up to 20 minute intervals at a time and i've had a lot of amazing kind of feeling about working with that mantra over the years and then there's been mantras such as the vedic mantras so working with different gods or deities and reciting their mantras for periods of days and i found that to be really powerful as well and then um, more recently, reconnecting with a mantra that I was kind of gifted spontaneously um, years ago at a train station. It was surreal, and it's Namyo um, Horenge Kyo, which is a Japanese mm-hmm. mantra. And that's something that I'm really present with right now, and I'm really enjoying that. And I reconnected with it actually um, by reading Tina Turner's book on happiness after she passed. And it reminded me of this mantra that I've had, like in my wallet by this little card for so many years and have kind of dipped my toe into it. And it's funny because before I started listening to her book on audio, suddenly that mantra came into my head and then about half an hour later, I got to the point of the book where she's raving about this mantra and I was like, okay, literally I see this as a sign <laughs> to connect back with it because it just came back to me and then the confirmation was in the book. So I'm grateful to Tina, <laughs> rest her soul yeah. um, for that sort of synchronicity because yeah, it's reconnects me back with mantra in a big way. And then movement, like you said, G, yeah, movement has been so, 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 so powerful and transformative and as i was saying to you earlier it's it's such a gateway to joy as well and i think you know we've both got a lot of scorpio placements and i think we can get a bit um not us personally but collectively i think mm-hmm. it can become a bit of obsession shadow work and deep diving and like oh, going into the flames and the yeah. darkness and la 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 I and it's like actually sure you know, and healing can be joyful. And I think dance provides you the space to tap into what your body's holding. And we don't even really need the story. Sometimes things can come up, you can release, you can cry, you might want to scream, especially in collective spaces, such as um, ecstatic dance spaces. Um, The spaces I hold are a bit more intimate, so... Um, I encourage people to wear blindfolds so you really drop in um, to what's going on on the inside because I think that's where we um, often are kind of disconnected from the inside of our bodies which is where we're holding a lot of our emotions from the past and so when we shut out our senses that enables us to like really feel safe and trust like let go inside and that's had profound results with the people that have held space for you know people have danced with their 12 year old inner child self and other people have really like moved through something that they didn't even realise was still an issue and when I first started tapping into it, it was just tears and tears and again I didn't know what the tears were about but it felt really good to release and and let go of some grief and sadness and whatever else was kind of below the surface and now a lot of the time it's just pure joy and connecting Mm -hmm. to like shakti and sexual energy and like really allowing I guess the dance to once it clears away some of the heavier stuff then you actually have real like joyful experiences and Mm -hmm. and it becomes something that I certainly look forward to. And I dance probably every day in some capacity now. What yeah. meditation, I'm curious, has been your kind of favorite um, techniques?
0: Okay, so I kind of mix it up a little bit. I do I do like to just sit there. I do breath work every day, um, mostly retention, breath retention, especially on the exhale. I will extend the periods that I can hold that. Singing and sounding is a huge part of my, my practice. Movement as well. I like to move the energy and to dance. I have a yoga, a yoga practice, um, but it, it changes. So some days I might not feel like doing yoga and I will do a shaking practice where I will I will shake my body or sometimes I might I might just go off into nature and and use mantra as I'm walking or use like a, a walking meditation to be with that process so for me it's really different but I do feel that I'm I do feel, I don't know whether it's collective. I have kind of tuned into it. You were mentioning the Scorpio generation and the energies that we brought through, which was the shadow work. It's like, okay, humanity, time to do the shadow work and we are embodying that. But I do feel in the similar ways to astrology and our programs and our blueprints that we come through, in a similar way, the generational blueprints that we come through i almost feel as though i'm transcending that and i'm I'm not sure whether that is a collective thing but i'm pretty sure it's available to everybody to transcend what it is that they generationally come through and so i feel as though my healing path is now moving into that more place of joy it definitely was it you know i was like let me go deeper what's underneath this slimy rock let me just peer into this and i i just couldn't stop i was like oh my god look at this and just kept going and going and and now as you said it doesn't it doesn't even need to have a connection it doesn't it doesn't need to be a story and maybe there is a story behind the energy that is being transmuted and transformed and released but It doesn't even need to go via our brains sometimes when we move or when we sound or when we are laughing we are joyful we are making love we are in community and definitely feeling more aligned to this way of healing which kind of corresponds to this concept of the dimensions and i'm not sure whether this resonates with you but for me i see it in a way where in the third dimension the healing is very much is very much suffering is very much painful it's it's slow to learn things and and once we once we learn we learn through that that painful process of suffering but then when we move more into the fourth dimension it is it's 50 50 so it is also the suffering and the difficulties and the growing pains but it can also be joyful and it can also be fun and peaceful but then when we even transcend that fifth dimension it is said that our healing process and our growing process can just be joyful we can just be in our joyful Um, nature and expression and it's not to say that it's not hard at times and difficult with the suffering of being human and, and you know having these physical bodies and and everything but it it's a different way of of healing and of growing and i feel personally i'm i'm moving into that more And my practices are are supporting that more and more. And part of that is that they just change a lot. It could be writing, it could be drawing. Self-pleasure practice is quite a huge part of my my process as well. And so um, there's, there's many facets to it.
1: I totally resonate with what you're saying because I think... Yeah, it's having all those tools that work and then really feeling into the moment of what wants to be explored or used. And I think, yeah, you said things like nature and I think a big part of what certainly women are being open towards now is like connecting to our pleasure and connecting to these things like our sexuality that isn't necessarily about a partner but it's about our own birthright of connecting to our sexual energy without the shame and stigma of things like religion or the society that we live in that kind of stigmatize stigmatize this, this part of us, this aspect of us which is our innate kind of birthright to know and love and I think Kind of what you were touching on separate to this around the dimensions is very much nods itself for me about the 10 worlds in Buddhism and Buddhism talks about these 10 worlds and how you start at the bottom in hell and you go all the way up kind of to um, Buddha at the top and you've got all these spaces in between and certainly on my journey especially when I was going into like the underworld of my life during that deep dark shadow work time um I realized it was kind of initiation to experience the hell and to realize that it's a spectrum of dimensions of realities that we can move between at any one time and to really taste and experience what that looks like because in one day we could go from something that could feel really hellish to maybe then moving up the scale to something like anger to then moving up the scale to tranquility to then moving up the scale to love and compassion which is like bodhisattva Mm. moving down to heaven and then maybe moving down to hell because you get some bad news and it just sends you off kilter and you know i feel like these worlds are very much dimensions of reality and we are always moving between them and so to have an awareness of this means whatever someone's going through it's not permanent because they can and have the full power to shift that but it's easier said than done when you're in a much lower world of reality and for whatever reason I've got to experience that and got to realize and it happens sometimes out of my control it's like oh i'm in hell <laughs> i'm in hell and then suddenly none of the trains work and mm-hmm. something happens and You're like, uh, police cars are everywhere. And you're like, what's going on? And then I realize, hang on, I'm in hell. And then I come back out and then everything's fine again. And it's really, really interesting to experience that this reality that we're in literally is almost like some sort of computer system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it can change in a flash. And realizing that ultimately it's inside us that we can change the world that we're living in. And to have experienced it is quite profound, but also it makes sense now that I've found it through the lens of Buddhism. And, you know, you call it dimensions and we can look at it more scientifically, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. So at the lower level is survival, like survival. I need to survive. I need to find food. I need to find shelter, water. And you work your way up to self-actualization. When all of the foundations are sorted, your relationships are good, you have everything you need then you go into learning and then self-actualization which is like enlightenment and so we can look at it from many different lenses of reality and I think this is something that maybe in the next you know 10 years it's going to come more common knowledge for people that actually our reality really is created by us and that's not to blame ourselves for the things that we go through but to realize like we have the potential and the power to really create something good for ourselves. Despite the pain, because pain will come. That's inevitable. Mm-hmm. We're here to learn in this earth school, right? But there's also so much potential that we have as well.
0: And to reclaim our sovereignty. And yes. to maybe to look at those external reflections and without the blame, as you said, but to to really take ownership and and say to ourselves, where where does this come from within me this is something that i i was confronted with not too long ago when i i really really just stopped and just looked at everything in my life that i wasn't happy with and the repeated patterns and and just in that moment just stopped like no more blaming, no more projections, no more giving my power away to the external reflections, but to stop and just say, okay, this is, this is a repeated pattern. What is it that I can do? And in that moment, everything, everything really did shift. And I mean, it, it, it's a quick shift, but it is also a gradual process as well. But it is—it is a real mindset shift, and I feel as though um, my yeah, it becomes a lot easier to recognise in those moments when we just jump into hell and, like you said, the sirens are going, and it's so fast. <laughs> it's, it's so fast, and and equally, it can be so fast that we can bring it right back. And to just be like, okay, stop. I reclaim my power. What is it that I'm creating right now?
1: Mm, yes. And what I'm starting to witness and observe is where people, and I've been guilty of this as well, have really um, looked externally to validate kind of the experience that maybe isn't serving us and how the story becomes really part of our identity that story of like lack or suffering or pain or i was victimized i was betrayed and realizing that ultimately keeping that story going and talking about that energy only keeps us stuck in that place and It's a really interesting space to observe because I've been there. I've been that person that is like, poor me, why did this happen? And gosh, I can't believe this happened and that happened. But ultimately, life is calling the individual to be like, I'm going to change this. I'm going to climb out of this hole that I find myself in and I'm going to create something different. And until that fire kind of lights up in the self, and they go, enough <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then yeah. very little will change and it's just, so just powerful <laughs> once you just say to life enough <laughs> i'm done with this and it can shift it really can and it, it's really like, yeah, it, it really does it really but does but it takes it takes almost like i was talking about it with a sister the other day it's like a kind of jaguar feline very powerful like feminine like enough mm-hmm. <laughs> enough of this and then slowly slowly you can start to tread a new path and it takes mm-hmm. effort that like life's going to test you when you're you're coming out of victimhood it's going to be like I'm going to make this hard for you because <laughs> you really honestly and you got to keep going you got to keep going and then go. eventually you You'll find yourself in a place where you're like, okay, I feel a bit safer now. Yeah, it, it tips. I feel a bit safer. And then slowly some of that armor can like fall to the ground and you can breathe a bit easily and that survival instinct can lessen. And then you can start opening up to more life experiences, more relationships, more beautiful things, more magic. But it takes a lot of effort to do that. And mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's easier to stay back in the pit as a victim for all that life you know presents us with and I think ultimately what I'm learning is life doesn't give us anything that we can't handle Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that in itself is inspiring because it's like you've got this like everything we we're everything that's gone we've happened what's expression it's like everything we've gone through we've survived because we're here today so all the things that we thought we would defeat us or the despair or the heartbreak or the sickness like whatever it is whoever's listening like you're still here <laughs> like yeah you made it <laughs> and it's like reminding ourselves of that whenever something goes wrong or you have a moment of hell because your boss said something on email that just like triggered you <laughs> or because you know someone ghosted you that you were dating or whatever the silly thing it is and like mm-hmm. where it, you allow your mind to go it's like no 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 do you not know what I've overcome to get here? Like, this is a small little thing <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, you know, and start to let some of that go too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, this process, um, I've really brought a lot of compassion into it. I definitely, in the past, have been really harsh on myself, like really harsh whenever I've come... Off of my center, like, what have you done? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, and and now I'm, I'm bringing so much more compassion. I yesterday even on a on a walk with myself, I had a moment where my human was my human being, my avatar, this this being here in this physical world was feeling feeling upset about something, some some way in which another person was behaving that wasn't how I want them to behave and how that was upsetting my human avatar. (laughs) And, and then this higher aspect of myself is like, okay, you are in control of your reality. You are creating everything. We can reclaim the power, but I 100% honor your human experience. You are here. You are experiencing that. That's a big deal for you right now. And so I, I've i come to a point where I'm more able to balance the two. So like, almost like a child, like, okay, it's okay. He took your toy. I can see how that's upsetting. But we have a massive pile of toys. We have infinite abundance over here. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, and it feels it's self-love really it feels it feels like the way really for me at, at this time to to do it like that and to bring that that deep level of self-love into it
1: it shifted everything mm. thank you for bringing that into the conversation because I also too have had a really like tough inner judge mm. and I have often not been aware of like how it's like beating me down (laughs) and realising like, okay, like when something upsets me or triggers me as Gabriella, as this person, often what I'm finding is actually there's a much younger version of her that is is hurt by what's happening and realising that younger version of me is a little bit more sensitive, is a little bit more irrational, does take things personally. And understanding that actually as adult Gabriella now, I can kind of coach that baby part of me back into a normal kind of happier state by saying like, I hear that you want to quit your job, but actually we need to make sure that we're looking after ourselves. So I understand that like some days you get annoyed, some days you're okay, but we can like make this okay right now by just Mm -hmm. trusting me that I know that ultimately, you know, I know what's best. I'm an adult now Mm -hmm. and I can... I've had moments, I think, I got triggered a while ago and there was a really two-year-old self that came forward and I was just crying and crying and crying. And I was like, hang on a second, I'm feeling like a two-year-old, but I'm not a Mm -hmm. (laughs) two-year-old. And and kind of realizing like, okay, so that this two-year-old just came to the surface and realizing like, okay, your fears are valid, your fears are valid, but they're also not true. Because a lot of what you're feeling is from like a two-year-old's perspective. And that's been quite powerful of kind of tuning into like what part of me is present. And realizing like it's often not a part that is like the adult version of me that's running the show. And so when another part starts to come up, it's like, let me hold space for this part and get curious. Like what's going on for you? And you will often get an answer um, if you can give yourself the time. And I think like being kind with those parts because ultimately they're just little parts of ourselves that haven't maybe felt loved or nurtured or heard or listened to like whatever it is yeah Mm -hmm.
0: I just wanted to really I just wanted to tap in on the inner judge inner punisher this was something that I guess it was tying in with my self-love journey that I was made super aware of lately this inner punisher and inner shame dynamic that a lot of the time was just going below my level of awareness these inner conversations and dynamics and dialogues that were literally just taking place within me resulting in certain parts of me mostly in a child parts being in a constant state of like fight or flight shame um inadequacy and 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 really just coming in and mediating these dynamics as my i am presence as my i am the adult here i am gonna hold space for everybody but we all we all have to coexist together and how best can we utilize each of these energies that are are present within within me in a more optimal way that is more harmonious, not only internally, but then as that that manifests in my external relationships, because it, it was whether I was the punisher or receiving the punishment. So yeah, I just wanted to add that. And... We have we have really um the time has flown massively with this Yes it has. I've um I've really enjoyed this conversation today. I feel as though I would I would love to have you on again at another point and dive into more more topics because it's kind of never-ending. It's almost <laughs> like one thing just leads on to the next and um yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I would love to. I feel like we're just scratching the surface yeah. of things. So, yeah, that'd be <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> exactly. I just wanted to for um for our listeners, how can people connect with you, connect with your work? Um so anything. I, yeah.
1: Currently the best place to reach me is probably Instagram at Gabriella Weeks I'm working on a new website right now so that'll be live probably in the next month or so so I won't share that just yet but um yeah reach out to me on Insta and I can connect on there
0: I will also put links to I can put links to that in the bio and anything else that you want me
1: to link in in the bio um yes sounds good I can send you a link to the book as well you can put that in there
0: that would be great that would be great. So thank you, Gabriella. Thank you. And it's lovely been to connect. A pleasure you. and an honor to connect. And thank you everybody for listening at home. And Grand Risings. The energy of Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the ascension medicine podcast i hope you have enjoyed it i have been your host g francois as always the links are in the bio if you haven't already please subscribe please follow me instagram g underscore francois ascension medicine ascensionmedicine.org where you can book one-to-one quantum energy healing sessions. Join one of the many courses or classes that are taking place. Connect with guided meditations and exclusive content. Grand Risings and Blessings.